Hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm Francis Seeley from Global Net 21 and Enfield Voices. And today we're going to look at climate change. It's uh, a podcast taken from one of the webinars that we did fairly recently. And we're going to interview Councillor Vicky Pike. Now, Vicky is a councillor who has been trying for some time to get Enfield Council to declare a climate emergency. After three attempts, she succeeded in doing this, and an emergency has now been called. Now, we did this webinar just before that, so it will tell you her journey along the way in trying to get Enfield interested in an emergency and the importance of dealing with climate change in this way. So I hope you'll listen to it, and we welcome you to this webinar. Okay, Vicky, so thank you for joining us today and for taking part in this interview. Can I ask you first if you could tell us something about yourself and why you are so concerned over climate change? Uh, thanks, Francis, and it's really, I'm really pleased to be here. Um, I think before I do that, I, I just want to correct a little thing that you said earlier, which is that I'm trying to get things going. Um, I'm conscious as a councillor and obviously watching the work of the council in previous years, that, that actually quite a lot is already happening. So I don't want to pretend that I'm um, an initiator, as it were, but I do think tabling the motion, which I'll talk to you about later, is, um, is important to keep the momentum going. Um, I, uh, well, I, my interest in the environment goes back to being a biology teacher, taking young people on field trips, uh, working for the National Trust and taking groups of young people during their summer holidays to volunteer uh, to you know, maintain the environment for the National Trust. Um, as a local authority advisor, I covered green issues um, and we had, um, uh, I used to do what was called a green bag and every week I would send to schools any literature, any projects that uh, were uh, involved with environmental issues and we had a project called Local Agenda 21 which was based on the Rio conference. Yeah I, rem I remember Agenda 21 because yeah. it was big at the time. So tell us a bit about you know going forward what is the motion that you're trying to introduce to the council and why? Yeah okay well um, that's that's my backstory and, and it's a long-term interest. Um, I I got an email from David Flint, who is the contact for the Greens locally, and he's been a parliamentary candidate and a local candidate for the council for the Green Party. And he brought the motion that had been passed at the Greater London Assembly to my attention about declaring a climate emergency um, and suggested this might be something that we could do in Enfield. I've known David for a while, I've worked with the Greens for a while locally, um, and on and off they've been critical friends to us in the Labour Party and in the Labour Council. So I followed up, looked up what happened at the GLA and thought actually uh, declaring a climate emergency was exactly the vehicle to do the, the sort of reboot, if you like, the, uh, a little bit of a kick to, to, um, to the Council to build on what's been done before. I think um, the IPCC report is 
vitally important and the message it gave that um, the climate change, which I think most people now agree is man-made or human-made, um, is real and aspects of it are very unpredictable and therefore we need to act as if it's an emergency. Okay, so I mean the, the IPCC by the way is the International Panel on Climate Change which has said that we should uh, uh, see the our temperature grow no more than 1.5% or else we have real problems. Okay, so you're going to introduce a climate emergency motion. What is intended with that? I mean, what does it mean? Well, the three, it, um, what we try, or what I try and do when I table motions is to ask for something, um, to get something agreed. So in this case, it was um, to, to support the mayor in the work that he's doing, because it's difficult for him to, to achieve the, the uh, 2030 uh, carbon neutral position, which is what the motion at the GLA called for. Uh, he can't do that if local authorities in London don't follow suit. Um, so it was asking the government to support him in what he's doing and, and our lead on both, both parties, Conservative and Labour, leads to write to the government to get them to support him in resources um, and to ask Enfield Council and members and officers to look again at what they were doing and, and develop a plan which enables us ultimately to meet the same target as the mayor had set himself. Uh, which is carbon neutrality by 2030. Okay, well, let's talk about the plan and its implementation in a minute. But one of the problems has been, hasn't it, to get councils on board. Um, all ac across the country, several councils have been involved in declaring a climate emergency. Haringey did it recently, but London's been a bit slow in taking up on this, hasn't it? It is, yes. I looked, um, I think it was the Climate Emergency website um, to see what the take-up had been. And, and yes, you're absolutely right. I think four councils out of 32 or 33 in London have declared. Um, the, the website cut, breaks it down quite nicely because it says what the different councils have actually agreed to do, what targets they've set. Uh, and it was good that Enfield at least was mentioned as having had a motion uh, tabled, but of course, until it's discussed and agreed. That, that won't initiate or, or, or build on anything really. So I am going to resubmit it, uh, which will be the third time, uh, but obviously lots of people table motions and not all of them get debated. Yeah, you, you had it, was it so twice before you tried to get it tabled yeah. or was it once? Just, it was twice, January and then again in February. The next council is in May, but that's the mayor making and we don't usually have motions. So it won't now be till June. Okay, so in June, that's likely to happen. I mean, you mentioned that you talked to David and the Greens. Um, I mean, this is not a political issue. Climate change affects us all. I mean, it's, it's silly to argue, you know, party politics on this. So have you sort of got cross-party alliance with this? Have you talked to other people in other parties? I, I, when I'm confident that it will be debated, then yes, I, I will try and, and do that. Um, I, I have once before tried to get a cross-party motion and, and, and it was a shame it didn't get cross-party support, but, um, you know, the reality is we do have a Labour majority and therefore it is possible to get motions through anyway, but it, I think it's exactly as you say, I think it's something that should not be a political ping-pong, it should not be either or, 
and whatever is decided nationally, locally, um, should be followed up, whatever the administration. So I would hope to do that, yes, of course. So, I mean, do you think in Enfield, I mean, this is a difficult question to ask you really, but do you think in Enfield councillors have considered this as an important issue as it should be, or they felt really this is something that's a national issue, it's not a local issue that we have to deal with? I think the challenge is competing priorities, to be honest. I, I think if you ask any individual councillor, whatever their, their persuasion, they would sign up to the importance of conserving energy, being energy efficient, cutting emissions and all of those things. Uh, when it comes to motions, people have much more local things um, and, and you've only got to look back in council minutes to see what has been debated. So I, I, think, I think that's the main reason why uh, my motion so far has not been um, debated. The last time, of course, it was the budget and, and everybody wants to speak on the budget and therefore we ran out of time. Um, I think the first eight years of the Labour administration, they achieved a lot and a lot of groundwork was set uh, by the uh, direct um, uh, cabinet member for the environment, Councillor Bond, um, in the 2010-2014 administration. There have been champions in the cabinet who have done lots of stuff and we're still sort of feeding off that very strong base. But I do think we need as an administration to um, do much more uh, because of the urgency of it. Okay, so you want to do more, you will have a climate emergency motion in the council and let's assume it's passed. What happens then? Um, well, usually then officers, uh, the relevant officers will be writing the plan. Uh, we might have a working group to look at the plan as it develops. We have briefings. Uh, we might invite visiting speakers. We might visit other local authorities, see what they're doing. There's a huge amount of guidance out there um, for local authorities. The planning, um, I think it's a town and country planning. They've got a very comprehensive document about what to do. The Labour Party's got its Green New Deal. Um, the Local Government Association. So, so we would, first of all, I think, do a baseline about which of those things we're already doing, and it, as I say, it's quite a lot. And then we, I think we really do need to think about how we, what we do to reach the carbon neutral stage by 2030, because I think at the moment um, we're something like 60% reduction, and I think we have to move in our thinking from reducing to reducing carbon emissions, for instance, to actually setting a neutral carbon um, in the management plan. So we build on the current carbon management plan. And I think that there's lots that we can do. So if the motion's passed, you in a way galvanise officers and others to get together. So is, is, is the effort or is the purpose to try and get joined up working in a way that hasn't happened before? Each department's doing its own thing. But if you've got a climate emergency, you've got to have collaboration right across the council. I think, I, as a general rule, I think um, uh, collaboration across directorates is a very, very effective way of working. Uh, we're doing that on health, um, health in all places. Um, I think in Glasgow, we know the uh, work that they've done on knife crime has been, in my view, I, I would call it cross-curricular, 
you know, schools, when they want to introduce IT all those years ago, they would introduce it across the curriculum. They try and get all teachers to emphasize it in some way. And that, that is, I think, uh, the way to go to get the most effective response um, and the most cost-effective response because resources are short. And, but I think you do also need champions. So you will need champions in each directorate. Um, I think you need champions in the cabinet and on the back benches um, to, to ask the questions. I think it's the local government association that says that one of the key things that councillors can do is ask questions. So I would hope that um, if this is accepted as individual councillors, maybe through even scrutiny, we could have a work stream that scrutinises what we're currently doing and scrutinises any reports that come through about what we should do better. We've got things like Meridian Water coming up. Um, now it's being done in packets it, and, and tendering you know, in small amounts at a time. That gives us a huge opportunity, I think, to start to bed into the tenders important standards regarding emissions, uh, supply chains, all those things. But because it's, um, because it's in packets, as things change, as technology changes, it would enable us to be, uh, optimize our demands of the developers as things move forward. So there are lots of things we can do. Um, have you, have you taken any steps yet to get champions, for example, in each department from the backbench uh, councillors? Because one of the fears you must have is you'll pass a motion and it will be empty air and they'll be paying lip service to it, but it won't go any further. Yeah, I, the other councillors who were speaking to the motion, so uh, Councillor Barry um, was going to second it. She's the Associate Cabinet Member for Southwest Enfield. So she's been very much involved as I was um, up, to, up to 2018 as an associate cabinet member with Cycle Enfield. So she knows lots of officers, they know what her values are with respect to this. So she's an obvious champion. Um, it would mean that she would need to be an associate cabinet member again. That, that always helps. But if she isn't, then she would be on the back benches. Uh, Councillor Brett. Uh, is very, very keen and was going to speak to the, um, uh, the health elements of climate emergency. In particular, you know, the importance of e eating less red meat, let's say, because not only is that good health-wise, it's enormously good for the uh, climate emergency if we can reduce the number of cows and sheep and so on because of the methane, um, which is obviously a very potent greenhouse gas. So, 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 so yes, we do have champions. So you're already thinking about how to put flesh on the bones. Are you? you haven't just got a motion and that's it. You've actually thought of how you can develop this slightly step by step, but obviously initially and you've got to, got to, you've got to get a lot of people involved. You've got to get a lot of expertise in, but you've began to think about the areas where you can make a difference. Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, you know, Council Anderson is, is the obvious champion because of the sterling work he did on Cycle Enfield. And, and of course, much of that is around active transport. Uh, so it's not cycle lanes, for, you know, just for the sake of cycle lanes. It's the greening um, of, of areas as they, you know, we develop town centres, which can happen 
as a part of cycle Enfield and livable neighbourhoods, that all plays into it. So it's helping people to see the ways in which these policies already contribute and what more we could do, um, for sure. I've long been working with um, Claire Rogers on Better Streets. I've not, not in any depth recently, because it goes back to when I was an Associate Cabinet member, but um, travel to school. You know, we must get many, many more children walking to school. We must make our roads pedestrian friendly. Those um, values, those ideas are all part of the mix and they are happening. They need to happen, in my view, a lot more quickly and with much more sense of urgency. So we need to be working more closely with parents. I think um, our use of social media, our use to, to publicise these things. You know, I'm old enough to remember the um, adverts on buses and all sorts of things, you know, public notices that got people thinking about what they should do. Um, but, you know, using plastic bags less was hugely successful campaign done by the current government, uh, which people have bought into. Um, we need to engage residents more, I think, and particularly children. So I'm but, delighted with the... Um, but, but it would also mean, wouldn't it, looking at um, developing um, uh, your transport policy, your road policy, your housing policy, your procurement policy to make sure it's compliant with the carbon reduction in a way that probably they aren't doing at the moment, but that has to be inbuilt into every department and every decision that's made. Yeah, completely. Um, I, I, I don't know if um, people watching this would be aware, but every report that goes either to cabinet or to portfolio holder or to council at the end has um, little boxes that talk about the financial implications. It will soon have the health implications. I think it would be hugely important that it actually has something about the implications uh, for emissions and carbon management. Um, I think I've, I've got here actually the draft uh, local plan. And if, if you look towards the end of that, you'll see that the uh, proposal, which so far has just been consulted on, the proposal is to completely buy into the mayor's targets on carbon emission. So those broad brush uh, principles are already there, I think. Um, it's about developing the strategies, the communications, uh, to some extent the resourcing. But, but yes, it has to involve highways, it has to involve um, schools, every single directorate will have something to um, offer. I think our fleet of waste vehicles are now uh, much cleaner. I'm, I think they may be um, hybrid. I'm not absolutely sure about that, but they're the sorts of things we could check, the sorts of contributions that can be made. So, so obviously developing policies around recycling and waste, um, et cetera, is important. But what about energy? I mean, in one sense, Enfield's taken the lead on that and developing local energy, hasn't it, um, through its energetic company that it's set up. And in one sense, that is a sort of uh, a big catalyst for what you're doing. It is. And I think we were the first council to, do, to have our own local company to do that. And we've also got the ground source heating in... I think uh, the Exeter Tower Blocks, Exeter Road Tower Blocks. And if you look at the tenders for Meridian Water, one of the 
contractual obligations will be to use the local heat network. We've got the eco park in Edmonton, so for sure um, we will be requiring that. And obviously, the the heat network is very efficient form of generating um, energy in homes. They will all have smart meters as part of that. So that's the way in which in new builds we can set standards. I'd like more. I, I, the, the mayor, um, I've, I just had solar panels put on my house and that was part of a scheme that the mayor of London introduced which local councils could subscribe to and it was one of these auctions. Um, it's, I don't know how, how what the take up was, but it's been fantastic. It was very cheap and did, was done very, very effectively and efficiently. So many, many more houses we should be having, you know, new, new builds, I think, should be having solar panels as a matter of course, where it's possible. Um, we've done a lot of retrofitting over the last eight years to make houses and our flats more energy efficient. So, yeah, absolutely. Energy efficiency is a massive one. There's also been a local campaign, we did a webinar on this about de-investment policy, de-investing from fossil fuels. Would you consider that an essential part of your strategy? I, I think, yes, again, it's one of these things that's absolutely right in principle. I'm actually on one of the pensions boards and the chairs, the two chairs of the two pension boards are both currently in uh, dialogue about divestment and how best to handle that. So in principle, yes, um, it's, it, I think personally, I think at the moment, it's important to do the calculations because these are people's pensions. It's not like it's council money. These are people's pensions. And if we do it, go too far, too fast uh, without looking where else the investment is. And also, you know, the ethical side of other investments um, becomes important. And, and I think we have to think about that too. So if we, if we divest, then where do we put the money? Well, hopefully there will be lots and lots of opportunities for green technologies. Um, but then we have to think about whether or not that will generate the income, because this is after a pension fund. Is anyone looking at that now, looking at your pension uh, portfolio and seeing if it is possible to de-invest? Yeah. Councillor Taylor is the chair of, of that board and he is looking at that now. And I know um, he's um, certainly planning to speak to groups of people, residents, interested parties about um, what that might mean. Okay, um, so, you know, you want to develop in all these different areas, but the ultimate aim must be to bring these together and develop a strategy. So would your, be aim, your aim to be to, to, to develop that carbon reduction pathway strategy, uh, which is one document which looks at everything which people can subtly realise that you mean business? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of any other way of doing it, really. Um, I think with, I mean, my, again, my experience of schools is that you have to be very, very clear what your objective is, what your milestones are. Uh, but I, I think it has to be that sort of plan. Um, and I would expect a lot of buy-in. Um, but it would be, it's quite long-term because if ultimately, you know, when you're thinking nationally what goes on, we 
have to not just think about our own emissions, but the emissions of those people from whom we import goods and materials, you know, concrete and any manufacturing has, has an impact on carbon emissions. As a local council, obviously we can't influence imports, but our version of that, in my view, is that we have to look at supply chains. Now that's a, a long story because how far back along a supply chain do you go? But I think it's not unreasonable ultimately to expect any outfit to be looking at their emissions to, and to act accordingly. Um, okay, so I mean, you, you, you talked about um, a collaborative approach between different departments in the local authority, but you also need a community approach to this as well as part of your strategy, don't you? It's not just a council thing, it's something that involves the total community. So how would you and your strategy involve the community, get them on side? Would you develop a, an energy community forum? Would you work with voluntary groups in a systematic way? Have you thought through, I mean, again, it's unfair for me to ask all these questions because you know, you're only beginning and it's great that you're doing it. But I mean, the idea of community involvement is central, isn't it? It is. I think um, in, because we thought we had a good chance of, of having a debate at the last council meeting, so we did prepare our speeches. Um, and, and, and where my speech went was, this is what, this is the problem, this is what the council can do, and this is what individuals can do. So I think as individuals, we can do a great deal. Um, I'm conscious that communicating across a council, across all residents, is, is not always easy when we've consulted on, I mean, Cycle Enfield was very, very controversial, um, and we got a lot of feedback. Uh, but it was relatively small numbers of people. Um, and I think in general, politicians probably need to think harder about the ways in which we engage residents. I think Enfield Voices um, and, and Facebook generally are good things, but I think it's still a relatively small um, uh, population looking at these things. I think we leaflet, but everybody knows that a leaflet has six seconds. Um, I liked the Enfield magazine that used to go out with lots of information. In. Um, the, we've only got one local newspaper now, but we've got Enfield dispatches. They look to be having a, a, an increasingly wide circulation. I think schools have a major part to play. And I think I would be quite keen to engage with schools to hold events for parents. We have our ward forums. We've had budget discussion meetings. We would try and replicate those. But I know on one occasion I was chairing a budget discussion meeting and nobody came. Um, so, so I think that's a real challenge, but you are correct. And with technologies and all the rest of it, we should not feel defeated. But, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that, that one of the things that's really important in this is scrutiny, scrutinising what's happening, scrutinising the strategy. Is that something where the community can be involved? Can you develop some sort of community mechanism of scrutiny where they're intimately involved in looking at what you're doing? I do personally, uh, and I've seen some of the things you've written um, on Infant Voices about scrutiny, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think it's a, a forum for councillors to navel gaze. Um, and it would be good to think that if we have the right topic, um, we could uh, get the community to come along 
and participate in these meetings. Um, I would welcome that um, because, well, you know, as a for example, your first question, I think, was how, how I got here. And it was by my, you know, relationship with, with the Green Party, and, you know, which is long-standing and they are good critical friends. I'd like to believe every resident, every child, the, uh, we've got the um, Young People's Parliament, all should be acting as critical friends um, to give us a steer. Um, and I think Cycle Enfield was not a bad model on that. Um, we possibly got more criticism than we got support at times, but I think people, we certainly responded to the feedback in a substantial way, and that's how it should be. Yeah, well, I'm very pleased that you said you read Enfield Voices, and that's very encouraging. Um, I mean, given what you're doing and what you want to do, are you optimistic about the outcome that you'll achieve this and you'll get something moving that, that's really important? I do, well, some of my friends call me Pollyanna, I'll share <laughs> that with you, um, because I think you have to be optimistic, because if you're doom and gloom, then actually you do have a tendency to give up. Uh, so I think, yeah, I would be persistent on this. It's been something that's exercised me for many, many years. Um, I think, I, I genuinely believe that if people can see the small steps they can take, um, and, and actually that it is quite easy. We, you know, we don't have to be 100% vegan to be able to make a contribution. Uh, we don't have to give up cars to be able to make a contribution. So I think people, will, if they can see the small steps and they can see how they can accelerate the small steps without having a huge impact on their lifestyle, then they'll buy it. Because actually, um, we do, don't we? Everybody says, I'll do anything for my children. I'll do everything my, for my children. Well, they've got to put their money where their mouth is, really, because this is about us as custodians for the future and for our children. And we've got to do something. Okay, so we've sort of come to the end of our half hour now, but if, if people wanted to get involved between now and June when you put the motion down and if it gets passed after that, what do they do? How do they get involved with you? How do they contact you? Uh, well, all my contact details as a counsellor on the website um, and you know, I get lots of emails. Um, we have a ward forum in Chase Ward, that's my ward, and I know there's there's obviously because a lot of the world is green belt, there's active interest. Um, so I'm certainly happy to um, engage with residents on an individual basis. Uh, if the feedback I begin to get is that they would like public meetings, uh, you know, politicians love public meetings. So that would be something we could more than easily set up to begin to generate the debate. And, and my view would be that we would involve other political parties as well um, okay and have some conferences and that sort of thing okay well you know we've come to the end of the time so thank you for doing it and i think a lot of people will think that you've started something or you've helped to develop something that's really really important and that's going to affect the future of us all and i'm sure many many young people especially in the extinction rebellion movement would be interested in what you're doing so thank you for doing this interview and i'm sure we'll do more in the future and we'll follow up what you're doing and um you know it's been a great great talking to you so thank you for doing it Thank you very much indeed, Francis.
Okay, so we'll end this webinar interview now. Thank mm -hmm. you.